what we decided to do is we're like, we're like, all right, let's look back at like what has worked really well. We had one client, it was a hormone doctor in Seattle. She wanted to go from being a local practice to selling online and having a bigger impact. And she wanted to launch a book. So what we did for her is we put together a quiz, um, a hormone quiz. So it was something like, do you have low testosterone? Take this quiz to find out. And so we, uh, we built that, we started advertising it on Facebook and over the course of six months, we built a list of over 35,000 people for at just 19 cents a lead. Wow. We're like, all right, let's uh, see if we can make this repeatable and like get predictable results with this. So we kind of niched down into the service uh, business of quizzes. Ground Up, Episode 5. Jeremy Ellens didn't want to find a job out of college, so he created one instead. It was a web design agency called Yasimo that he started before he even graduated Arizona State University. Ellens and his small team of web designers that he met while at school would develop websites for clients, but soon they realized that simply designing websites wasn't driving marketing or business results. If they were to retain clients and grow, that would need to change. So they created a quiz. One quiz for one client in the healthcare space, and it generated over 35,000 leads in six months. Off the back of one business, another was born. Lead quizzes. In just under two years, Ellens has bootstrapped Lead Quizzes, a software product for easily creating lead-generating quizzes, to over $1 million in annual revenue, helping its users generate 2.5 million leads in the process. Here's the story of how it all happened. So we launched Ground Up, I would say, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And in that time, I think I've heard your name like probably once a week since then from Pete. So uh, Pete, our uh, CEO here at Databox. So he's, you guys have, you know, chatted a few times and talked about collaborating. He's obviously been really impressed. So I'm I'm stoked to have you on Ground Up for, what is this? This will be uh, our fifth or sixth episode, depending on which ones we get out. But I'm stoked to have you here, uh, Jeremy. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you guys today. I want to get I want to get a quick background on you because like some, one of the first things I do when I get a, a referral or or I I get hooked up with somebody for a podcast is obviously I'm going to go to LinkedIn, I'm going to look up press, I'm going to look up any interviews that you've done just to try to learn as much as I can. And there's not a ton of history <laughs> on your LinkedIn, right? Like you're you know, you graduated school 5 or 6 years ago um and you started an agency, right? Like a service-based business before you even graduated college. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's right. We started a, a service business called Yasmo, and we started doing websites probably six months before I started to graduate. And the goal is really just, you know, have something we could do full time after we, uh, I finished school and my partner finished school. So what was it called? Yasmo? Yasmo, yep. What's the inspiration behind that? What, is that? what does that mean? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was an available domain on Google, and we <laughs> thought it sounded cool. <laughs> I like the honesty. Uh, it, yep. it, was, it was just available on... And um, uh, yeah, the, that's where we've come to, right? Is yep. like, <laughs> well, it, I mean, it, it matches with our story. Like we were bootstrapped. We didn't have any money. So we were like, you know, 16 bucks for a domain. Sounds cool. Perfect. We'll do it. <laughs> so, so you said something interesting. You're like, you know, we, you, you can get jobs out of college, right? Like you can apply to jobs. Yep. You can, you know, you can network and, and find something that, you know, you, you specialize in or something you went to school for, but you, What's interesting is you have this, it seems like in the way you just said it, very casual mindset towards 
no, I don't want to find a job. I wanted to create a job. What, is there anything to that? Was, was that sort of like what you were thinking at the time? Yeah, I think I was just like, you know, getting interested in entrepreneurship. I'd started another company before. It was a, it was a mobile app. This is right when mobile apps were coming out and they were pretty hot. And uh, we built an app to help veterinarians diagnose animals. Um, and so that was interesting. I was up for like top five entrepreneur by Entrepreneur Magazine. We won a $10,000 award through ASU. Um, so that kind of gave me the confidence to get into entrepreneurship and do my own thing. But um, yeah, about like six months before I graduated, I was like, this isn't really, you know, it's not going to be a full-time thing. So let me figure out like what, what that next thing is. So I don't have to go out and get a job. I like how you just cruise through that. Like it was old hat. I had developed this <laughs> app. We were in entrepreneur magazine and like, <laughs> so the, what, what did the app do? You said it was a veterinary app that helped, uh, them diagnose, uh, what exactly did it do? Yeah. So my aunt is a uh, veterinarian and she actually has multiple sclerosis. And so I wanted to partner up with her on something, help her use her expertise. So we talked through a bunch of ideas and basically what the app was, was uh, a veterinarian like could like pull up the app and they have something called rule out. So if they're like, all right, they have this symptom, check these like three or four different things. And they would kind of go down this like tree of what possible symptoms it could be. And it would help them get uh, to a diagnosis faster. So where were you at when you developed this app? Were you still in college or where were you at at that time? Yeah, so I think I was a junior in uh, college. So yeah, we partnered with her and uh, my dad was involved and then I had a developer that ultimately left to go work at Flipboard. So you started a mobile app, then you started an agency before you graduated. Were you getting any homework done? (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot. I mean, I worked 40 hours a week on top of like my 18 credit uh, load like throughout college. So it was a lot of work, but it was really passionate. It was super fun, you know, working late nights and stuff with, with our team. Well, the stuff they, they, they're hoping kids learn in college, you were already doing, right? So, I mean, uh, more important than homework in a lot of ways. Uh, so, all right, so that sort of parlayed, you, you, you launched this mobile app, and that, did that kind of give you inspiration, I guess, to, to start up um, another company, which was your, your, your agency called Yazima? Yeah, so like a roundabout way we got there, there was like a... I, I, I was kind of like selfish at first. I'm like, you know what? My, my developer's leaving. Let me figure out another way to get developers to work on my product for free. So I'm like, let me go find the smartest like developers I can find at ASU. We'll put together a group. We'll work on our own projects. And I'll we'll also have them help me with my uh, application. And so I did that. Um, and we got a group of like very, very sharp people together. And uh, kind of just like, you know, there was like seven people, which you, as you probably know, is like too many like founders to have in a company. Um, just too much direction, uh, misalignment with like motivations, that kind of thing. And so I met my business partner, Donnerberry Visor there, really sharp guy. We're kind of both on the same wavelength and, uh, we weren't really getting some of our own projects off the ground. So what we decided to do is start to take on like some service work. So we, uh, I think we closed like a $500 project and a, maybe a thousand, two thousand dollar project, uh, building a website and then building like a mobile app or a mobile website. Um, and so at that point, like we only did that for two months and we started, uh, Yasmo January, I think 2012. So were you essentially taking on service-based contracts to sort of fund your, your product development? Uh, yeah. So, I mean like just ideas that we had, but nothing really took off. So yeah, we just started taking on some projects and like we immediately would outsource that work like through at the time I believe it was called Odesk. Yep. And so we would just like project manage some of this stuff. And it, literally the first couple projects, we didn't make any money. It just kind of cash flowed us like opening our bank and that kind of thing. Because we didn't invest any money in to start out. It was literally like the first contracts we closed paid to set up the LLC in the bank account. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of like opening up a service-based agency, right? Like, what was your yep. what were your initial costs? Like your your phone, email, yeah, yeah <laughs> business cards, and then the, and, the, and then the talent speaks for itself. So, like, how many? So, what were you guys specializing in? You said you were doing some websites, some mobile sites. Uh, it, was it was it pretty much uh, just focused on the development of websites and, and design? Yeah, so I mean, looking back, like we made a lot of mistakes and we didn't have like a really good specialization. So we started out just doing websites and it was literally anything we could get. Like uh, the first uh, first two projects I mentioned, the one was like we built a mobile site for a franchise, which was like 16 different locations. So it was like a ton of pages for, I think, $1,000. And then we built another site called Clear My Guilt, which was kind of like, uh, you know, one of those sites or apps that you would go and you just kind of post something anonymously and people would go there for like entertainment and rate yeah, it. Yeah. So we built something like that and that we only made, I think, a couple thousand dollars off of. So it was like a huge project. So, um, yeah, like the the specialization where we're at, it was kind of all over the place um, until we get a little bit further down the road where we started getting into marketing. And so you were, I mean, in terms of the industry itself, like you were, you know, developing your own mobile apps and, you know, designing websites and stuff, obviously, while you were still in school. But, you know, doing this professionally and full time, you were obviously at that time relatively inexperienced. So what was your personal like growth curve like during that whole period where you graduate college, you created your own job, and now you're out there, you know, uh, hustling and, and, and getting these jobs and some of them are paying well, some of them are, are okay, but you're, you're learning a lot, building up like a Rolodex of clients and stuff like that. Like what was, what was that learning experience like for you so soon out of school? Yeah, I think it was like a super steep learning curve. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, we learned a lot about how to manage like uh, freelance, like uh, developers, how to like, uh, you know, find people on Upwork or Odesk to be able to, to work with. So we learned that side. We didn't learn our own marketing and sales very well. A lot of the stuff we did was all referrals or going to uh, networking, which um, I think held us back for a while. Um, and really being able to focus on, you know, like what are the the type of clients and the thing that we want to specialize in. Like, so, I mean, there was, there was like a lot of learning that we could have done, but, you know, we, maybe we could have done it faster if we had gone and worked with someone else or, or found some mentors of exactly like what we wanted to do right out of the gate. But I think the great thing about it, though, is like a lot of people in school, like myself included, you know, they think that they have to find like the perfect thing that they they're they're passionate about. You know, everybody talks about passion. But for us, like what I found was we just got out and started doing it. We started building this company. We started doing the service work and then we started to find like problems in the industry and we just continued to adapt to those those problems and the type of business model we wanted to create. You launched an MVP of your career, essentially, is what you did, right? Yeah. <laughs> doing some product research and, and taking like a product manager's approach to to designing your own career, which is which is really cool. And w- what I love about the whole lead quiz, Yasmo into lead quiz story is you're one of those, at least in my opinion, rare stories of a of a product company in lead quizzes that was born out of like a service-based company. Like, so, so you have a lot of service-based companies that aspire to launching a product or do launch a product. Um, some to varying degrees of success, but you, you actually did it. Like you, you started as a service-based company, had idea for a product based on what you were hearing and launched one. So what happened, I guess, during your time, during those early days, those, those, those first few years with the Asimo, like what were you hearing or what were you learning that sparked this idea for a product that became lead quizzes? 
Yeah, so we were doing like the websites for a while. I think we did it for like a year or two. And we started hearing from our customers, you know, like we launched this website. Like eventually we were able to charge, you know, 10 to 20 grand. I think as much as maybe 40 grand for a website. Um, but wow. people would come back to us and be like, you know, I, I'm not getting more traffic. I'm not getting more leads. And so that was a problem. And we also found like on from a business standpoint, you know, we're just getting these like huge projects. But then we got to go out and chase like new business right away. It's not building any recurring business into it. So what we looked at is like from a business model standpoint, why don't we take one of these $20,000, $40,000 contracts, divide that over six months and set up a retainer where we're charging like $3,500 a month. So we switched into that and we started doing marketing where we were running traffic. Um, we were building out sales funnels. Uh, we were setting up like email campaigns and stuff like Infusionsoft. Um, and so it was still a lot of like custom work, um, which wasn't, in my opinion, wasn't the best business model. I think we got up to like maybe six fifty, seven hundred in revenue. Uh, 700,000. Uh, but the problem was it just wasn't like super scalable because we were doing all kinds of custom stuff and to like build and train our team off of that. So, um, what we decided to do is we're like, we're like, all right, let's look back at like what has worked really well. We had one client, it was a hormone doctor in Seattle. She wanted to go from being a local practice to selling online and having a bigger impact. And she wanted to launch a book. So what we did for her is we put together a quiz um, a hormone quiz. So it's something like, do you have low testosterone? Take this quiz to find out. And so we, uh, we built that, we started advertising it on Facebook and over the course of six months, we built a list of over 35,000 people for at just 19 cents a lead. Wow. And so looking at that, that was like, that was a huge home run hit as opposed to a lot of these other like campaigns we we're working on where, you know, a lot of them were successful, but not that successful. So what we decided to do out of that, John was we're like, all right, let's uh, see if we can make this repeatable and like get predictable results with this. So we kind of niched down into the service uh, business of quizzes. And so we just started building quizzes for people, a lot of them in like the health space. That's where we started like uh, getting a lot of traction. And so we built out that, out that service model where we would do a quiz setup for people and then we'd run advertisement for them. And so as we did that, we started seeing, okay, there's a potential to build like a software here. We think we can build something that's better than what's existing on the market. And that's kind of what inspired lead quizzes. So I'm interested in the thought process behind. So uh, you have a client that has a you know a very clear need. Um, she has a plan in her head. Um, wants to be you know wants to transition to to selling online. So there's a lot of different approaches that you could have taken to that, right? You could have invested heavily into content, which would have been pretty expensive and probably would have been a much longer tail uh, on you know results and, and feedback. Um, mm -hmm. You know you could have dumped a lot, uh, you know, a ton of money just into to paid ads. So I'm interested in the thought process behind how you landed on quizzes. Now, obviously quizzes are, you know, it's one of those things that tend to go viral, um, especially like, you know, the Buzzfeed nature of, you know, a lot of the quizzes that they used to put out. Mm -hmm. um, this is obviously much different, but uh, what, wh how did you land on quizzes, I guess? Like, and maybe you tried a few things first, but what was the thought process behind like, let's, Let's put out a quiz, which obviously has a little bit of development time up front, but it's not that continuous ad spend. It's not that continuous uh, drain on resources that content can be. Um, so it was super efficient, uh, for especially for a smaller team. So I guess, like, how did you land on quizzes? And was it sort of like accidental brilliance? Or were you thinking of all those things, resources, spend, and all those kind of things when you kind of developed it out? Yeah, so I think, like, there's definitely some luck and some accident involved, but... 
our experience, we'd worked with another guy named Peter Diamandis, and he was probably the biggest book campaign we did where we helped him sell, uh, I think, about 18,000 books, just under a half a million dollars uh, with this book campaign launch. And so out of that, we knew like it took us about you know over 100, maybe 120,000 uh, visits to drive that many sales. And so we're like, all right, she doesn't uh, have a lot of website traffic. She doesn't have a big email list. Like, let's focus on building an email list where she can build a relationship with these people on the list. So like when this book comes out, which was uh, six or nine months out, um, she has a really good audience to launch it to. And then if she decides to do like affiliates to launch the book too as well, like at least we have a pretty big like warm audience where she has control over it. So um, we knew she had some different assets. I think it came to the table that, you know, she had like this quiz and like kind of like paper form. We thought it would do well on Facebook. And so we just started running it. And so like we started getting some like initial response back where like it was, you know, getting pretty low. I think it started maybe around 50 cents a lead. But at the time, like in her space, we knew it usually cost like a dollar to three dollars a lead. So what we decided from that was like, you know, at first like we were shocked. We were like, are we like reading this right? Are the metrics set up? Um, and they were, and then we're like, all right, is this, you know, is the audience too small or is this something that's scalable? And, and it was a very large audience. And so it did continue over six months. I think she was spending, um, you know, maybe a couple thousand dollars a month or something like that. Uh, I guess you could do the math backwards of 19 cents and 35,000 leads. But yeah, I think we, we got a little bit lucky, but we knew like we needed to build a big list to, to really launch this book where she'd be able to hit this national bestseller that she did. So this became a scalable approach. Obviously, you just mentioned that. And so at what point did this transition take place where you're like, this, this can be a serious product? And, and, yeah. and how did you then balance between Yasmo, the agency, and lead quizzes? Yeah, so it was a really tough balance. So like what we started doing is we're like, first of all, let's come out with a really compelling offer to get people to do quizzes with us. So what we did is we said, you know, we'll uh, set up a quiz for you for free. Normally it would have cost like 3,500 for like uh, this hormone doctor that we worked with, but we're going to do it for free and you're going to pay us $1,000 a month to run the ad campaigns. You just have to put the $1,000 down up front uh, before we do the setup. Um, And then that can be like continuous afterwards. So we did that. We made a really good offer. We went out to our referrals. We went out to our list. We went out to our clients. And then we added, I think, you know, 30, 40 clients or something doing that, which funded us building out the software. Right. And you had, yeah, you have this Rolodex really of, of clients that you can kind of roll it out to as early adopters. Was the response pretty strong right off the bat? Yeah, I think it, so it was pretty strong with like referrals. Uh, you know, we like went out to people saying like, Hey, do you know anyone that would be interested in this? Like we're looking for a very specific person, you know, B to B to C someone in the health space, someone that has a product in this kind of price range that they could sell after the quiz. Um, so we made ourselves really referable, but what happened out of that is a lot of like our network or people that we knew personally, maybe we never worked with them before. They're like, yeah, actually I think I would be that person. Like, can I do this with you guys? Um, <laughs> uh, and we, sure. made some, we made some <laughs> scarcity there too. We said, you know, we're only going to work with a certain amount of clients because we obviously had capacity what we could take on. And so that I think, you know, throwing all that in a pot together, I think it was pretty compelling to build that first, like, uh, you know, client base, which also like helped us out, John, where we were able to build a lot of case studies to show that this was a really effective technique. Cause when we first started doing it, um, you know, we weren't we weren't having a lot of people drive sales right after the quiz, or at least with Dr. Tammy, because she was launching six months um, after we first started running it. So it was also building case studies showing, one, you can get like predictable leads, and two, you can start to sell these leads afterwards, and it's not just one of these fun BuzzFeed things that doesn't actually like convert. 
So when uh, about what what year was it when you were in this transition period where you know you were kind of self funding the product? Yeah, so I think it was um, in like 2015 because we launched our software. I think January 2016. Wow. And what's the traction been like? If what are you guys at now for revenue? Yeah, so like we we grew it to over hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue, and we're starting to get to a point where uh, we're phasing out. We still have some services left, and we're phasing that down as the software continues to grow, and been adding about a thousand users a month now. Wow, a hundred thousand monthly, and that's only since you said January of sixteen. Yep. Wow. So obviously that kind of traction is super impressive. Did you, uh, d- did you guys ever entertain the idea of pitching investors? And I know you guys are bootstrapped, but, uh, and, uh, you probably wear that with pride, but did, w- was that ever, <laughs> was that ever something you guys entertained was pitching investors and seeing the kind of traction that you guys have seen? Yeah. I, I mean, like it's something that like we considered, obviously a lot of people would ask us like same as you, but you know, it's, it's something that we never actually like went down that road very far because I think, um, I don't know. Like, I think there's a, there's a time and a place where like, uh, you know, raising some capital makes sense and it can help you explode a lot. But I think there's also a lot to being said around, you know, having to be scrappy and, and stretch the, stretch your dollar as much as you can, you know, like I think being less wasteful and being more resourceful. So I think it has some trade-offs for sure, but we never really went down that path very deep. Yeah, it's interesting. And and obviously I'm trying to work backwards here because, uh, you know, knowing, knowing that you guys are doing hundred K a month, I'm looking at your pricing page. You guys are very reasonably priced, right? And mm-hmm. so wh- where do you guys, if you have a free plan, um, you know, just for the listeners that uh, don't have the luxury of looking at your website as they're listening, you have a standard plan that's $16 a month, pro plan that's $49 a month, and a premium plan at uh, $199 a month. Where are you guys like seeing the majority of your leads come to? Like what's working right now? Are you are you sort of working that freemium model I- into the paid plan or are people coming in? Uh, uh, you know, right off the bat on standard or pro, like where are you seeing like the majority of your install base, like engage right now? Yeah. So, I mean, we get a lot of people that sign up just straight into the paid plans, but the freemium model has definitely driven a lot of like signups for us. That's great. How, and how are you guys monetizing that? Monetizing our free users. Yeah. So how do you just continually nurturing them? Obviously they're going to trip some, uh, value metrics that it looks like you guys have set up on the pricing page to, mm-hmm. um, 25 leads per month, 500 views. So if they're, if they're going to trip that 500 views per month on a quiz, obviously they, they trip into a paid plan pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah. So our goal is to get people onto the free plan where they see value and then get them to upgrade into a plan that's going to help them have success faster. Yeah. And so what is your, you kind of answered this already, but the the first users of lead quizzes was really a lot of folks in the health space. Some of your some of your former or former and now current clients or customers that uh, uh, at Yasmo. But what are you guys seeing today in terms of like your market? Like who's who's using you guys? Yeah, so we still have a lot of people in the health space, and specifically like uh, people that are in you know teaching about education, whether it's like weight loss, nutrition, that kind of thing. Um, we have a lot of e-commerce companies that have done very well. We have real estate companies that have done very well. And uh, people that have a lot of website traffic, like bloggers, those have done really well as well. Like being able to increase their leads by as much as 400 to 500%. Um, so those are, I think, like the biggest spaces that we've been in so far. Why does this work so well? I mean, this and this is relatively easy to set up. It's scalable. Um uh, and obviously you guys are, uh, the, your customers are seeing tremendous results. So like, why does this approach work so well? 
I think if you look at like the psych- psychology of quizzes, like uh, as far as like capturing leads, like I'm sure everyone on this podcast knows, like you need something to, like exchange uh, to get someone's email um, and be able to do that while you're sleeping. So you're getting predictable leads. Uh, but the stuff like ebooks and newsletter opt-ins and percentage off discounts, like they, they've been around forever and we just kind of have blindness to them. So the difference between quizzes and those is like quizzes, like one, you know, people are always looking to test their knowledge and learn about themselves. Two, it's interactive content where they're actually engaging with the quiz versus just opting in and receiving something. And three, they get immediate personalized feedback. So those things all kind of rolled together. It makes it really effective on like your website or even on Facebook. It's very native to Facebook. And it's really beneficial to the uh, to businesses as well because they can make a personalized recommendation of a product or service and also pull out all of the data from those answers to be able to like, you know, learn about their audience as well as like segment and maybe even change some of their language and their marketing and their copy. That makes a lot of sense. And you guys have gotten some good press off this too, Inc. And, and obviously Entrepreneur where you have, you have a history. Uh, who are some of like, uh, you know, s- some of the companies that maybe you see that use lead quizzes that you're like, wow. Right. Like every, every, every SaaS product has that, right? Like it's almost like, uh, it, it, it's, it's one of those things that validates your idea. And it's like, man, I can't believe, you know, whoever it is, is, is using this. Do you guys have any of those like logos that you're really proud of? Yeah. I mean, so, uh, one of the big ones when we first got started that I was really excited about was Neil Patel. Um, so a lot of people like know him in the content marketing space. I'd followed him for years. So I was really excited to get him on board. Um, we had Lewis Howes, who's been, been a pretty big, uh, you know, influencer with uh, the School of Greatness podcast. Um, we had a lot of like really, really top people in the health space. So people like Dr. Hyman, uh, Daniel Amen. Uh, so if you're in the health space, there's a ton of people there, Bulletproof, Thrive Market that we've been able to work with. Um, and yeah, we have like some billion dollar companies that use it as well. And so, uh, th- and this is really the million dollar question, at least for me, uh, literally and figuratively. So you guys are over a million in annual revenue, completely bootstrapped. It's taken you a year and a half-ish to do that, what would you say are the two to three things that have enabled that kind of growth? Like the the lessons that you've seen now, you know, almost 24 months since launch that you can look back at and say, like, these are, these are some of the big things that help enable this kind of growth and, and success. Yeah. I would say mentorship is a huge thing. Like we joined a, a program called entrepreneur organization. So we were first in like their accelerator program, which was under a million. Um, and now an entrepreneur organization, which is over a million. Uh, but like one of the biggest things, like we met this mentor, his guy's name, uh, Lauren Howard, he'd built an eight figure business in like uh, a year and a half. So, uh, really, really sharp guy, really good with like systems and scale. And so he kind of helped us transition through like the whole, like uh, service to software side. And so one of the things he got us to focus on was like really creating like focus days, um, a strategic coach would call them where, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I was just selling like the whole day, um, during that transition period. And so that enabled us to go out and hire people to like take on um, and handle work versus me kind of, you know, trying to balance both those roles of selling and like fulfilling. Um, so that was a huge thing that really helped us. Um, and then getting like predictable leads. So we started using like Facebook ads um, and then calling every single lead. And that's how we first made like our, our campaigns profitable. Um, so that was a huge thing that got us there. Um, he helped us, you know, all the stuff that you learn in like, um, you know, traction or, um, I think is it called scaling up by Vern Harnish. Yep. These kind of books that teach you all these like systems of like, you need training in place, you need job descriptions, you need metrics to be able to measure people by, um, a lot of those things are really, really important for us. Um, yeah, I, I would say probably those three things were like some of the biggest ones, but mentorship's always been like a thing that's really, really helped us, uh, grow. 
Man. Well, have you had a chance to to think about, like, you guys are in a high growth phase, bootstrap, so obviously you're working really hard and uh, probably don't have a lot of time to reflect, but, how, like, how does it feel, I guess, to only be not even two, two years into this and to see the kind of success that you guys have had so far? Like, when, when you stop to... Uh, to just think about that, like, what what does that feel like? <laughs> you know, it feels really good. It was kind of funny. Like, a million dollars was a, one of our goals for a long time, as I'm sure it is for a lot of entrepreneurs. And then when we hit there, you know, John, like, there wasn't any like fireworks or anything that happened. <laughs> it was just kind of <laughs> like we hit it, and like things felt the same because we were kind of already <laughs> at that run rate, you know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, it was really cool, and it was really cool to get our business to that level. And you know, now we're excited to keep taking it you know, the next step. What's next? Like, what are you guys working on now? Yeah. So now like, uh, well, one, we're like adding a lot of users to our software. So we're really focused on how to get, how to help them get more success, uh, faster, um, scaling up our different, like, uh, um, campaigns, Facebook and SEO have been huge. We get over 60,000 visits a month to our site now. Um, so really focusing on uh, those channels and we're starting to like, uh, add more features to the product just to make marketing like simpler for people and get more use out of the quizzes. So 60,000 uniques, is that through content creation or, or just sort of on-page SEO throughout your site? Like, what are you guys doing to, to see that kind of traction in terms of acquisition at the top? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, we've done a lot of content. We've been doing content ever since we started. So I think that's something that's definitely helped us. Um, we get a lot of referral traffic and then we get a lot of like direct traffic. So, I, I mean, one thing about our, our product that's great is we're, you know, we're getting backlinks to our site, which is building our authority and helping us rank more. But um, really understanding organic, like we've started just blogging a lot more, being able to build, you know, links to those different, uh, accounts and focusing on like the right, uh, you know, right articles that we're targeting has helped us a lot. Well, you got one more inbound link coming here from, from ground up. So this was, uh, man, this was, this was like a marathon session. This was only, this was like 30 <laughs> minutes and I feel like we ran through a lot, but this was, this is really impressive, man. You guys have, uh, uh, a really impressive product that's, that's affordable, and uh, I mean, the traction you guys have seen, man, is really impressive. So I, I really appreciate you taking some time out to to come and share your story. And and where can people follow up with you if they if they want to if they want to learn more? Obviously, you guys can can go to leadquizzes.com, But if somebody wants to follow up with you and and, and chat, where sh- where can people find you? Yep. So leadquizzes.com or you can uh, follow me. I'm I'm most active on like Facebook. Uh, so facebook.com slash jellens j e l l e n s. Um, or Twitter as well. I usually respond to people there. That's how I first, uh, you know, hooked up with Databox. Awesome. Jeremy, thanks for coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks so much, John.